after these messages we'll be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors well hello there everybody welcome to a Another edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about the best part of television. And of course, I'm talking about the commercial breaks. We talk about the best commercials. We talk about the worst commercials. And we talk about the commercials where people say weird shit like this. You loved Brad, and then you totaled him. Why did you total Brad? My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. We're your hosts. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. All right, coming up today, our topic... Veggie shaming. We have uh, we have an expression in this house, Veeves, that uh, TV hates women. That's something you said to me years ago. And uh, for evidence of it, just watch any commercial break during a football game. It's gotten a little bit better, I, I think. I do think it's gotten better. I, ha- I haven't said it real recently, but... It definitely, uh, it definitely shows up. Uh, TV, whenever you need a mean mommy, whenever you need a, a bitchy nag, uh, it's going to probably or, be a or lady. Or a sex object yeah. or just, uh, you know, anyway. So why am I bringing that up now? Because as I'm preparing for today's show, it occurred to me, TV doesn't just hate women. TV also really hates vegetarians, or at least the commercial breaks certainly do. So we will talk about all the veggie shaming going on in commercials, plus... A behind-the-scenes look at the best political ad of 2016. Now, I snuck this into the rundown. Did you see this? Uh, I saw... Is this in commercials in the news? Yes. Yes, I saw that okay, you had good. something it's, there. It's, here's a little teaser here. The be- Potentially the best political ad of 2016, not a Trump ad, not a Clinton ad. An ad coming at you right out of Texas where a guy is trying to just keep his local government job. And it's really good. It, it is really good. It really made the rounds on the online. Maybe you've seen it. We have a little bit of background on it. Plus, as always, we'll check in with you guys, the Ad Council. Um, looking ahead, Vives, I just want to reiterate something that we mentioned uh, at the beginning of last show, which is we have this kind of vague idea. I guess it's not a vague idea. We have an idea for a show. We don't have a date set for it yet. Uh, something like commercial court. Yeah, we've gotten a few of these. Thank you to those who've sent them in, where you are uncertain uh, whether you like a, sh- a commercial or how, how to feel about it. You want the experts, that's us, to weigh <laughs> in. Uh, or you have a debate with a loved one um, uh, or, or anyone about a, about a commercial and you need someone to adjudicate, we will adjudicate. Um, so we've got a couple. Thank you for those who've sent them in. Keep them coming. Uh, we'd love to flesh out a whole show of them. And uh, as soon as we have a, a full compliment, we will uh, we'll record it. And I'll just mention that I have one, too. I have a commercial that I'm I'm on the edge You're the judge. with. And I don't know. Well, I'm thinking what we could also do is maybe take two or three commercials that you and I are on the edge about and put them on the Facebook page and then have oh, people. The old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. Now who's the jury? <laughs> maybe we could call that segment. Now who's the jury? All right. So. So that'll be in an upcoming show. If you want to send us any um, ads that you are on the fence about or you need a, a, a verdict on, email us at yeah. after these messages show at gmail.com. Help us out and put commercial court in the subject line. Uh, for now, though, let's get into some veggie shaming. I'm a lady, she went downtown. She bought some broccoli. She brought it home. Chopping broccoli, chopping broccoli. Sometimes chopping broccoli. <laughs> I do that? things on this show not broccoli. for the audience so much as to make chopping you laugh, Eve. You know what this is, right? 
I don't. You don't remember this famous Dana Carvey sketch from Saturday Night Live, Chopping Broccoli? Oh, sorry. I never watched the uh, best of Dana Carvey when they do this. I thought this was a, I honestly thought this was a Gen X cultural touchstone. I mean, it's entirely possible that it is and that I just, you know, I have a a hole in my in my cultural fabric. Oh, that bums me out. I thought for sure you'd get a kick out of that. I uh, mean, I did. It was very funny. D- Dana Carvey, it was a famous SNL skit where he's just kind of like making fun of the way, I think the joke is, sometimes it seems like, you know, rock musicians are just making up the lyrics on the spot, mm-hmm. and then it gets to chop and broccoli, which is obviously absurd. I found that today, though. He actually did that for his SNL audition. That's why you don't hear laughter from the audience in that. Oh, wow. I went on this whole they, thing. They aired his audition tape as part of the show? no. Um, they redid that thing on Saturday Night Live, but oh. the one that I pulled the audio from here was not from the Saturday Night Live, but his actual audition tape. I love finding out what people did for their auditions for for shows like SNL. I, I don't want to make you cry at the top of the show, but in stumbling on that, I stumbled on the Phil Hartman one. Oh, no. I am going to cry. When you have 10 minutes and 45 seconds, I watched like the first half of it or so. It's really great. And you see this young Phil Hartman come in and just try on all these characters and in, in front of a crowd that you do not see. It's probably like a crowd of people from SNL like judging him, you know, deciding whether or not he'll be the next uh, not ready for a primetime player. Anyway, he's probably one of our favorite. Rest in peace, Phil. Yeah. All right. Uh, Should I play the Chopping Broccoli again just to get into the segment? Or (laughs) are we good? She went downtown. (laughs) Sorry, we lost our our track, so I need to to do this. She brought it home. What's she going to do with it, Dana? She's chopping broccoli. All right, let's talk about veggie shaming here. Um, there's one ad that is in heavy rotation these days, Veeves, that got us, I think, thinking about this topic. Uh, we've we've seen some other ones that we've kind of talked about on the show uh, a little bit in the past. Maybe they'll come up. But this one that's currently in rotation is for Domino's. Do you want to... Do you want to set this up? Yeah, I've actually heard even on podcasts that have nothing nothing to do with commercials. This has been kind of getting people's attention for exactly the same reasons that it got ours, which is that it is the worst concept for what they want to accomplish. These are commercials for Domino's. Um, They've spent years telling us how shitty their pizza is. Now they're going to tell us how shitty their salads are. That is right, because they had a whole ad campaign where they were like, hey, we realize for years our pizza has been crappy, but now we've really made it better. And that was an ad campaign that probably lasted a couple of years. Yeah, I think it was the one that prompted our first show, uh, Mm. What Are You Apologizing For? Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Blast from the past. But the the premise of these commercials is that every home has some uh, just, you know, terrible person who lives in the home usually a woman what do you mean i'm sorry did you say usually yeah i I mean exclusively a woman usually your 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 dumb wife or your dumb daughter who wants to eat salad when all of the like regular people want to eat pizza so now domino's has grudgingly made salads uh that you can order when you order your pizza because god knows there's no there's no cross segment of society that likes both pizza and salad all right just listen to the tone of this commercial and then we'll talk about it some more it opens with a family of four sitting around a table um sorry i'm not getting emotional i don't know why my throat just did that uh father mother son daughter but then also in the dining room is a domino's employee who's kind of um he's 
kind of giving off like a, a football coach vibe. Right. Sort of his hands, his arms are akimbo, hands on the hip, and he kind of keeps on crouching down with his hands on the hip and getting right in the mom's face. Now, it's unclear whether he's kind of a specter because she doesn't react to him at all. He's just kind of yelling in her face while she's eating salad. But she's fine with her salad, but the two kids and the dad are the glummest mofos you've ever seen. Yes. I mean, they are eating this salad like... At gunpoint. Like Ramsey Bolton is feeding it to <laughs> So, And now take a listen to, the, take a listen to this uh, tone. Every six seconds, a Domino's pizza lover's dreams are dashed by one Sally soul smasher in the group who wants a salad instead. Eat a pizza once in a while! Luckily, we love pizza so much, we're introducing salads to our menu. So nobody can veto pizza night. So tell those lettuce lovers, listen up. There's no reason to ruin pizza night now. Order a medium two-topping pizza. At the end of the ad, yeah, you now dumb we're in pieces a, of garbage. We're in another. They never tell you home. anything about their pizza, about their salads. No. They don't tell you what ingredients are in them. If they're any, they don't even claim that they taste good. It's basically just like, yep. Considered the salad box checked. Yeah, like we're doing this. We don't want to do it. We don't want to be selling you salad. Yeah. Do you think this is a good salad? You think this is going to convince somebody? By the way, at the end, he walks into somebody else's home. And again, we see two women who are probably visiting their friends for dinner or something. They're real American pizza loving friends. And they're just kind of like, these two women are just like so over it, looking down at their nails. And they're the ones who want salad. By the way, they're in great shape. Yeah. Because they eat salad, unlike me. Who is horfing down pizza at any at any chance they get? Like, but even aside from how insulting that is, do you know how to sell a product? No. Do you know how to say, "Listen, exactly, we have this new product that we're excited about, and you're going to love it, and you're going to have the pizza." You can still say the pizza folks are going to be happy, and the salad folks are going to be happy, but this is just saying, "Fine, you have Sally Soul Crusher." Like they call her Sally Soul Crusher. We fine. We'll throw some goddamn iceberg lettuce on a plate, throw in a couple of croutons, and probably half of a tomato, not chopped. Right. Enjoy it, Sally. And the thing about it is you could make this ad or you could sort of make the same case but do it in a way that's not so kind of awful by talking to parents because parents, I think when they order a pizza for yeah. kids, it's usually like, oh, God, you know, I've just like we've everybody's at the end of their rope. It's pizza night because no one has energy to cook. So, like, let's just throw in the towel and order a pizza. Here's a way to add something that's a little bit healthy for the kids, for the pa- – you know, kids get pizza. Parents get to, like – sleep at night you know right. uh like ease your conscience parents and by the way uh your kids will love these salads because they're actually tasty i just don't understand like who signed off on this campaign it's such a bad idea i mean it actively the salads even like as they're depicted the photos of them are not that unappealing mm-hmm. i don't know why they don't they don't spend, look great but they don't look terrible who would know because they never tell you right. anything about what's in them uh, any like you know anything about the the ingredients or the dressing or anything? There are plenty of people who like pizza and salad. It's not some sort of like blue state red state divide. Right, right. Uh, you know. Who are the ad wizards <laughs> who came up with this one? I think I need to keep that <laughs> yeah, maybe a keep little it bit handy. closer. Keep yeah, it handy. let's just play a, one more of these um, just infuriating Domino's ads. This is a fifteen seconder, uh, and this time Sally Soul Crusher is the daughter, the yeah. teenage daughter. Domino's, it is. No, I want salad. Oh no! So we're getting salad, right? <sighs> the right? mother. 
The Look mother is over it. And then you hear that slam. They they freeze frame on the young teenage girl who's interested in her health right. and maybe not maybe not killing animals too. And they call her the dinner dictator. <laughs> they brand her the dinner dictator. This feels like it was written by some dude bros who are like, this uh, is so funny. Uh, now, Vives, this is exciting. You don't know about this one. I was poking around a little bit today because I haven't seen this one in rotation. It's for Arby's. And uh, just here, just watch it. Are you a vegetarian? Do you struggle with urges to find and devour this meat? The, the visual, by the way, is nothing but a close-up of bacon frying. Has Arby's brown sugar bacon tempted you in ways you never thought possible? You are not alone. We can help. Pick up the phone now and call the Arby's Vegetarian Support Hotline at 1-855-MEAT-HELP. That's 1-855-MEAT-HLP. Help is a phone call away at 1-855-MEAT-HELP. Had you ever seen that before? I have never seen that. Did you call Meat Help? Uh, I think we should do that right now. How do you feel about that? Yeah, one, I'm pro. Uh, what was the number again? One eight five five Meat Help. One eight five five M E A T H L P. Now you guys know how long it takes me to figure out the number to letter formula. You have reached the Vegetarian Support Hotline, sponsored by Arby's and the all-new Brown Sugar Bacon. We're here to help you. If you're a vegetarian who's feeling tempted by brown sugar bacon and you can't stop thinking about that sweet meat, press 1. If you're a vegetarian who's given in and eaten brown sugar bacon, press 2. Which one should we choose? Uh, Let's try 2. We can't blame you. I mean, brown sugar on bacon. Just enjoy it. Your secret is safe with us. If you feel the need to confess, please do so after the beep. So apparently that ad came out in uh, July or like I think summer of last year. Oh, wow. And they're, they've still got that number running. They still got the number up. Um, I hear, and If you go to um, their website, they have a special page set up for 1-855-MEAT-HELP. And they have an open letter from Arby's to vegetarians across America. Dear vegetarians, we respect you. By the way, the rest of the letter will belie that. We respect you. We respect your life decisions. With that in mind, we want it to be abundantly clear that this letter is not meant to sway or convert you. We're sharing this to offer our support. Nearly a year ago, we embarked on a journey to tell America about our meats. I did that once. Got me in trouble. By now, you've likely heard the Arby's tagline, we have the meats. It's tough to hear, but it is what it is. We have many meats, and we have quality meats. It's understandable that you disapprove of our meat bravado. Your voices have been heard. Letters, emails, voicemails, tweets, Facebook comments. We hear you. We love our meats, but realize they're not for everyone. Then on Sunday, June 28th, there you go, June, we launched a meat innovation that has likely tempted you, brown sugar bacon. It's our pepper bacon glazed in restaurant with brown sugar and then cooked to perfection. We may be, it may be hard to resist, even for you. Hardcore vegetarians likely won't budge, but those of you who are on the fringe or new to the game, avoidance can't be easy. We at Arby's have created this temptation, so we'd like to help. We're giving you a number to call, 855, etc. This is a vegetarian support hotline, blah, blah, blah. Be strong. We are here for you. Sincerely, Arby's. I'm a meat eater. 
I'm 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 eating meats that haven't even been invented yet. I find this whole thing so insulting. It's baffling and stupid. It's stupid. It's baffling to me, like what they're like, why they made the joke, why they've gone so far with the joke. Because it's not. They're obviously not really trying to convert vegetarians. I mean, that's not how that works. So they're talking to meat eaters in the same way that like. Um, you know, like meat, meat eating, there's a sort of a culture of meat eating and particularly around bacon. That's like super celebratory and kind of like in your face vegetarians. Yeah. So obviously that's who they're talking to. It's the, they're preaching to the converted. So why go to so much trouble? Like how, how much mileage are they really getting out of people who like bacon enjoying all of the like length of they're going with this really dumb joke yeah that's a good point who are you actually talking to in this you're you're obviously not really talking to the i mean listen if you're a vegetarian and potentially even like a longtime vegetarian and it's arby's that knocks you off the wagon like something's wrong you were and you were never supposed to be a vegetarian (laughs) yes and hey i'd like to say i like arby's i'm one of Four people in America who enjoy Arby's. So I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not even like d- trying to say that Arby's is the worst. I mean, it probably is the worst thing you can put in your body aside from cigarettes. But I like it. But I still. I. I don't even like the Ving Rhames. Uh, we have the meats thing. Yeah, like, it's just a little bit over They're the top. They're hanging their hat on this like meat thing to a degree that I, I don't really understand how much more mileage they can get out of it. Meat machismo. Meat cheesemo. Meat cheesemo? I feel like it needs some more. If I keep saying it, will you laugh? Meat cheesemo. I'm <laughs> going right. to keep on emphasizing different parts of that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to this next one. This is one that you actually flagged. I didn't remember seeing it. It's uh, for Walmart. Yeah, so this is one that um, for no reason just decides to make the villain of the piece, the vegetarian, or at least the butt of the joke. You see a, a, what, like a shot of a, kind of an old crusty looking guy in his man cave it's very hunter centric there's like a moose head on the wall and fish and and deer wood ant- paneled deer fireplace fireplace yeah. um and the sitting in the leather chair next to him is a kind of uh bearded hipster type of young guy and he's wearing a t-shirt that says kale but it's in like the college yeah it looks like yale font, only it says kale it says yeah. kale so in the first uh, iteration of their conversation, uh, the father says, I hear you don't let you don't eat meat, and it's awkward. Okay, you want to take a listen? So my daughter tells me you don't eat meat. Uh, nope. Vizio 60-inch 4K Ultra HDTV. So it's a little bit hard to explain. But when you hear that yeah. beep, the moose head on the wall transforms into a big flat screen TV, and suddenly... They have something in common. They both love right. football, and they're the the father in law or the the boy the girlfriend's father is putting his arm around the kale guy, and they're they're celebrating their shared love of football, which so, is weird to me because I don't think vegetarians like football, <laughs> right? Yeah, they like is that like they they make these assumptions about kale guy, but then they kind of throw them out the window when you know when there's a TV involved. It's it's just. It's not that that commercial is so terrible, and I think they're both sort of the butt of the joke there. Like, the dad is old and out of touch, and he's obsessed with hunting, as this, you know, lounge suggests. And then the boyfriend is a little too hipstery and with his, like, you know, kale joke shirt or whatever. 
So neither of them is especially likable, but it's just, I think, telling that whenever you want to punch down in America in advertising, vegetarians are a safe, safe bet. Now, that brings us to this one. Should I annoy our listeners just by playing this? We, By the way, Listen, I want to I know. Our, our longtime listeners will certainly recognize this sound. We have been doing this show for one year now. This is kind of our one year anniversary. This is episode number 52. We do it once a week. If I do my math right, that would mean that we've done 52 weeks. Yep. Which should equal one year. So first of all, let's do a high five over the table. Uh, and long time listener, this, this harkens back to episodes two and three and four, I think. Uh, it was a holiday ad that we obsessed over last year. Hey, it's hey, fantastic. Dig in, everyone. Family around the table. Extended family, too. fantastic. The coconut oil makes the vinegar. What, what's this? That is seaweed and lavender. And this here? Are we... It's a tofu brick with scallion wash. I'll tell you what, I'll just have the ham. Pass the ham, please. Yeah, we're not having ham this year. What do you mean you don't have ham? It's Christmas. We decided as a family to go vegan this year. In fact, most of this has been grown right in our own backyard. You snipped it today. Sweetheart, you need some money for the no. ham. Is it a money thing? Dad. Where's the ham? Dad, H-A-M, ham. Oh. Somewhere there's got to be ham in this Dad. Area. If your mother was alive today, she'd roll over in a grave. Let there be ham. No ham. No ham. But I got you this. <laughs> and of course, she hands him an ornament, a tree ornament of a little pig. And then I just cut it off at the very end. This, the part that we we argued over a million times, she hands him the little pig and he says, <laughs> I wish I could eat it. <laughs> Me too. And uh, we had spent a lot of hours trying to figure out yeah. if she was saying, yeah, you should eat that ornament, you old man. Or if she's saying, no, I wish you could be happy. Uh, or I wish we could ham. eat ham, but my, or, yeah, my, nerdy, my, my nerdy vegan husband is making me do this. It, there's so many layers to that commercial. Yeah, I like, I, I've watched Let's it a hundred times. I still don't know what's happening there. But I do know that the veganness, the absurdity of their veganness is the joke. Yes. Having said that, though, it's a gentle ribbing, I will I say. I think so. I think the mom, who's I, also part, she doesn't seem reluctant. No. She says, just snipped it today. And she kind of winks at her husband. She's clearly loving their local vor uh, mm-hmm. situation. Um, I just think that she's compassionate towards her dad at the end. That's how I, a year later, I'm, I'm kind of uh, settling on that, that she's saying, I wish you could eat it too. Like, it's a, I think it's a very loving commercial for Hallmark. Um, and by the way, I was going through some of the comments on this. Uh, it's posted on YouTube. I'm going through some of the YouTube comments today, which is, yeah, you yeah. know, never a good idea. But a lot of uh, vegans and vegetarians on here are kind of uh, saying they like it. There are some who are saying it's insulting, but a lot of them are just kind of like, no, actually, you know, it's like this does kind of remind me of me and my friends or whatever. It seems like everybody's taking it in the in, in that kind of attitude. I don't know why I felt the need to replay that entire ad. I just felt like, how can we not? Yeah. How can we not? Uh, that's like the, the patron. It's, it's the Rorschach test of yeah. vegan commercials. And it's also like the patron saint commercial of this of this show, sort of. Or maybe that's uh, maybe that's Colonel Sanders. Uh, I guess we'll just go out with, nah, you know what? There's some dumb one from... Uh, from Australia for something called pe- uh, for something called kiwi bacon, kiwi being the brand, mm-hmm, but and, not made uh, of kiwi, the fruit. Yeah, I, it was actually confusing to me at first because I was just doing a Google for um, vegetarian commercials or something like that. So at first, I thought this would be 
I thought I was stumbling on a commercial for some sort of meat alternative bacon, but actually, I'll just play it for you. Um, it's all visual. There's a woman who is in her home, and she just got done frying up some uh, bacon, and she's really loving it in her kitchen. She's standing at the counter and eating it, and then all of a sudden, she sees somebody coming up the driveway, so she frantically starts waving at the air to get the smell out of there. She's trying to clean up all the dishes as fast oh, as possible. She might need to call one eight. Five five meat help. <laughs> exactly. She's eating it. She's loving it. Car comes up the driveway. She freaks out. Throws all the bacon away. You'll never get to smell the bacon out that no, fast. No, you won't. She's waving at the air. Air freshener. Why is she freaking out? Person outside is getting closer and closer. She throws the pan out the window. <laughs> And nails the guy in the head. The guy coming up the driveway was her husband. She accidentally knocked him out when she threw the pan out the window. And then as the, uh, as the camera pans out, you see that the, uh, the family car has a bumper sticker that says vegetarians for life. And, of course, the takeaway is not unlike the Arby's thing. We make it's, meat so good. That it's like even, people saying like everyone, you know, if you wake them up in the middle of the night, they all speak English. There's this perception. <laughs> right. There's this perception among meat eaters that. Everyone who's vegan or vegetarian secretly would like to eat meat or that many people who are secretly crave meat right. and that they're just denying themselves out of some sort of, um, you know, misbegotten principle or something. And I'm here to tell you, I know a lot of vegans. I know a lot of vegetarians. And that is not the case. And there are some who really do miss meat, but it was an ethical choice that they had to make um, and or that they did make. And then maybe early on, they do have some withdrawal from meat, not physical, but yeah. just like mental. You know, cravings. like I miss shoplifting, but I know it's wrong. Did you used to be a big shoplifter? No. <laughs> How do we not talk about this? <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, that's it. I, we believe that. I mean, I think what the, what we're saying here is some people believe that vegetarianism is a choice, and we're saying <laughs> that you're born that way. <laughs> is that what our is that our power out? <laughs> I think that might be our power out. Commercials in the news. All right, it's time to talk about. Commercials that are making headlines, and you might have already seen this one. I think it somebody is... actually posted it to our Facebook group. Maybe, right? maybe and, that's and where I, I apologize to the listener who did that. I don't remember who it was, but thank you. I, I, I really enjoyed it. So this is the political ad I was telling you about at the uh, at the beginning of the show. Um, it is not a national ad. It's an ad for Travis County Commissioner. That's Travis. County, Texas. The um, office is currently held by a fellow named Gerald Doherty, I believe you say his last name. Is that how you'd say it? I think so. Doherty. Um, and he is running for re-election, and this is his ad. Um, and it's it's ingenious. Ingenious? Is that a word? Yeah. It's Could it also be genius? I think so. It's ingenious and genius. It's weird. It's like... Valuable and invaluable. You're right. <laughs> Let's make a list. Let's start a new podcast. Uh, all about that. Um, so the cool thing about this is it's not super earnest. It's got it's got uh, great heart to it, but also it's funny. And the plot is um, th it actually stars, of course, the candidate himself. And he's just at home. And he's talking about what's on the top of his mind. And it's all policy. It's nitty gritty, boring ass 
numbers, figures, and policy. And his wife is rolling her eyes at him, and some friends come over for a barbecue, and he won't stop talking about it. Do you want me to play? It looks like you wanted to jump in. No, no. Go ahead, okay, man. so let's, let's take a listen to it, and then we can talk about it. We've got room to put 2,700 people in our jail, and it costs us about $103 a day. Gerald really doesn't have any hobbies. Last year's tax rate was 0.4169. This year, we could take that down to 3838. So is he always like that? Yeah, all the time. Which means that the 3838 is probably going to go somewhere between 3838 and four. Two fellas standing at a grill. Most the guy is so bored. The office. We got three light rail cars. You can put 60 people on He's illustrating cars. this so with the meat on his plate. Yeah. You're talking about maybe 300 people that are affected. There are a million people in this community. I mean, that is point zero one to the eighth power. If you round it off, it's zero. All he wants to do is fix things. So I got this 18-wheeler that's parked in this neighborhood, spewing fumes all over the place. But quite frankly, it's not a code violation. You know, I think I like helping around the house here. <laughs> Please reelect Gerald. Please. <laughs> that guy, want him around the that house. guy is going to win his election in a landslide. It Mark is, my words. I will check it out the next day. It is so great. Now, I am not sure. I didn't read anything that specifically. I probably, dis- I probably disagree with a million things, but that is a genius ad. You think you disagree with the Republican who lives in uh, Texas? I'm going to go out on a limb. Huh. Um, it is a genius ad, and you got to give credit to the ad agency. Um, this is from uh, Ad Age magazine. They interviewed the, the creatives behind it. Um, um, the uh, the folks were um, KC Strategies in Austin, Texas, run by a husband wife team named Chad and Corey Crow. Those are the creatives, and um, Ad Age did an interview with them, and I want to just read part of it. Uh, they asked kind of what inspired the ad, and it turns out this was actually Plan B for the ad. This wasn't the original idea. This is Chad talking here. This was actually a bit of a Plan B concept. He says our original idea was to show Gerald engaging in a traditional hobby or weekend activity like fishing or working on a car or something like that that he enjoys doing. All the while, the voice inside his head would be methodically working through various mundane county issues that need fixing. Like like jail, overcrowding, traffic, etc. We ran into a roadblock, though, when we discovered that he doesn't fish, he doesn't work on cars, and his wife, Sherilyn, so aptly said in the ad, he doesn't have any hobbies. So Plan B was born. I love it. I love it. The original idea is great, too, and it sounds like it still would have been, like, you can picture it the same music, same style. Totally, but the fact that this ad came out of, like, sort of a real thing, this really is this guy's lifelong passion is to be a civil servant, you know, who couldn't who couldn't appreciate and value that? I mean, that's what I love about it. It's a funny ad. It's well executed, but it also tells you something real that as a voter you might actually care yeah. about. Yeah. And like the little the little bit in the commercial near the end where he's like, yeah, there's a semi truck parked over here and it's not a code violation. I almost guarantee you that's a real thing. I don't I think they're probably all, of, all real. I yeah. think those are all real things. I think that for that community, those things he's talking about particularly like public transportation. Some of it's very uh, like wonky and isn't going to like the 3.38 versus 3.33, whatever. Yeah. No one who is not already invested in that particular discussion is going to care. That's more about the point that he's just a policy wonk. But some of the things like, you know, the the public transportation and the jail overcrowding and, uh, and, and getting a, a, a fume spewing tractor trailer out of a neighborhood – that stuff that I bet that his local mm-hmm. constituents actually really do care about and can relate to. 
I just think this is such a brilliant ad. Really brilliant. And also, so there's four people in the ad. Um, the candidate, his wife, and then two other people who are playing the parts of his neighbors or friends or something like that. Turns out they're not playing the parts of his neighbors and friends. They're actually his uh, friends and neighbors. This is um, this is Chad talking again, um, saying, yes, everyone in the ad was non-actors. Uh, Gerald and Charlin. Is that, am I saying your name right? Gerald Sherilyn. and Sh- Sh- Sherilyn Doherty and their friends, Becky Bray and Ken Blaker. I don't believe Becky and Ken realized what they were getting into until they showed up. All they were told is that they're going to be extras in his TV spot. Actually, the hardest part of the shoot was getting them to look as though they were bored. It's not often that you ask people to turn up to a friend's house to help with a project. And then as soon as the camera starts rolling, tell them to pretend that they're dying inside and would just do about anything to get out of the conversation. The man, especially the Ken, Ken, Blaker does a wonderful job. He when he's standing there at the grill, he looks so he looks so irritated and just like completely out to lunch. It's so great. And uh, Chad goes on to say later that like a lot of political consultants kind of don't take advantage of the realness of people. And he says, "Listen, don't give them a script." just try to work with them keep it off the cuff and yes it's going to be harder you're going to have way more editing to do afterwards yes. a lot more post production but it's worth it you in get the, the better end. stuff you're not going to get these stilted reads i work with somebody who has to do a lot of public speaking and uh she does a lot better when we just kind of give her a direction to go because she's a great speaker but speaking from a script it's it's actually a very rare talent and it's actually something like that's why actors are paid so much money i guess because it's so difficult to make a script Mm -hmm. sound authentic and um off the cuff yeah yeah whereas many people not not everyone but many people are great talkers just extemporaneously you're looking at me when you said that. I appreciate I mean, that. You're across the table. I, I know, and your eyes were up, so you were looking at me. <laughs> oh, man, we're just zipping right through here. Let's check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, Veeves, what's in the mailbag? Well, we've got something from listener Anne, um, who was uh was writing in about uh, uh commercials that worked on her that were effective uh, oh yeah we talked about the actual ads that get us to buy a product exactly we otherwise and yeah. she writes in when i was young maybe six or seven all i wanted for christmas was this weirdo doll called tumbling tomboy i thought she was magic she was a hard-bodied doll whose arms you could make rotate uh, by a purse-looking device. I tried to find a video, but alas, uh, I'm at work and blocked. Here's a link to the description. <laughs> they're, they're blocking weird things. So yeah, it's apparently it's, they're sort of hard to find now. But they, it's this. I love the, the outfit on this on this t- uh, tumbling tomboy, and she's exactly right. So it's kind of like this freckle-faced blonde girl doll <laughs> wearing um a, like a cut-off tank top. Yes. red shirt it's, it's so like it's like a, what belichick would wear yeah. it's like a it's a red sweatshirt with the arms, <laughs> the cut, arms off. cut off and then like a like a plaid pants but she's right the weirdest thing about it is that i guess her tumbling mechanism is stored or or is executed uh via a wire that feeds into this yellow handbag which seems like the oddest sort of accoutrement for a tumbling tomboy. So, Anne, that is super weird. And I, I, I filed that along with Pulsar as weird toys that I wish I had. You know what the the gross thing about this is, though? What? You know what's in that handbag. 
It's her constipation. Oh, that's oh. awful. That's a that's a tall, that's a doll for a child. You know what I'm talking about a commercial though. Yes, it's, I do. It's within the it's within the realm of, of our mandate. So gross. <laughs> All right. This is from listener Noah. Um he says, uh, just a heads up in case you missed it, uh, the the latest Planet Money episode, for those who don't know, Planet Money is a, I guess, is that an NPR or is it PRI? Uh, I believe uh, it is NPR. I think it started as a, as a partnership between NPR and This American Life, I thought. Well, anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a public radio show. I'm sure many of you have heard it. Um, and this is about Subaru intentionally targeting advertising towards the lesbian market. Um he says, I'm not sure if this is ad council material. Oh, it is. Uh, and says that he has no pithy comments. Uh, but I figured we would be, and he figured we would be interested in hearing it. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Like, I think it's kind of funny. I think it's a little bit of the dog, the tail wagging the dog with this, because there's kind of a, you know, a stereotype about Subarus and lesbians, right? So I think it's smart and kind of funny that they, uh, that they decided to like build on that brand. Um, so apparently they hired a new ad agency, um, the, uh, to figure out who was actually buying their cars when they were having a bit of a sales slump. Um, the ad firm went out to Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, you will find a lot of lesbians there. Um, and a really qu- Northampton. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, super, it's uh, a group of super owners, uh, filed into a little room in a shopping mall and answered a few questions. And they, they researchers noticed something right away. All of them were women and many were lesbians. So I think they, I, I, we don't have to read the whole article, but yeah. basically like they took this information and were like, yeah, let's build on this brand, which I think is really exciting. But it, the cool thing is that just if I can summarize the last paragraph here, it, it wasn't, it wasn't in 2015 or 2016. No. This is the nineties. This is not, this is don't ask, don't tell as they point out here, you know, yeah. and this is a, uh, this is a time when there's a lot more repression around the issue, a lot more uh, stigma, stigmatization and, and straight up bias. Uh, the ad that they use, they're showing a print ad here that's great. It says, it loves camping, dogs, and long-term commitment. Too bad it's only a car. Which is kind of interesting that that's uh, the idea about that is that it's a lesbian ad. Because honestly, that's a that could appeal to lots of women. Yeah, of course. Right? Or, you know... Right, but camping and dogs, I think. Camping maybe and dogs. Lo- maybe maybe I mean, more I get the camping. It. I the, get it. Yeah, I the adventure lifestyle or whatever. I get why it's targeting lesbians, but it's also targeting like basically any woman, straight or gay, in the Pacific Northwest. Yes, absolutely true. Which is why it's like the car, it's like our official car. Which is why Tevas need to get on that too. <laughs> yeah, Tevas. Take a note. Um, all right, um... We've got one from listener Jill. Uh, she says, I've been having the best time inspired by you guys going down the rabbit hole on slogan commercials. Uh, and she got especially obsessed with I've fallen and I can't get up. Do you remember that one? Me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It was like, where's the beef and I'm falling I can't get up or right. like the, the taglines of my generation. So the one that I remember, I think the one that most people probably remember was the one from our youth, right? Probably mm-hmm. 20 years ago. It was a, a sort of frail old woman. She would the, the the footage was of her kind of like lying on the floor. Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. Um, they tried to reboot this in 2014. Really? And I want and they basically I think they may have bankrupted the company. It's a little bit unclear what happened to the company. Certainly, they attracted. You think that, wait, you're thinking that this ad might have. It's possible. Bankrupt- it's that bad. It's it certainly uh, it attracted a lot of negative attention. So okay, so do you just want me to just play this hit right play. now? Okay, so this is a minute. So after about thirty seconds, you're gonna have had enough. 
Okay, so it looks like this is the opening shot. It seems is just a uh, sort of an like, old, an older person's house. Well, a, a kind of a nice house. Um, it looks like it's nighttime. I'm not seeing the person who's yelling. They're just showing, like, pictures and stuff on the walls. And now we're seeing a body at the oh, bottom of God. the stairs. She's fallen at the bottom of the stairs with a basket of laundry went tumbling. When you fall and cannot get up, an accident can turn into a tragedy. But with Life Alert, All right, one touch of a button can get you help Wait, fast. I'm hooked. This is Life Alert. Are I mean, is that is that bad? Right is that a bad commercial? It's way too scary. Do you think it's over the top? Yeah, I think they got, according. this is according to listener Jill, but they got a lot of negative attention for this. It was too scary. Too dark. It was too dark. One thing to keep in mind, I, I'm not arguing here, and I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm talking down to you and the listeners, but it just struck me. These ads are not for old people, right? These ads are targeted at the children of old people. True. People more our age. So I think that the idea behind it is, you know, I, I think... It, you know, I'm getting older too, and I'm dealing with things. I'm middle aged. I don't know that they. I don't know that that's true. I don't know. I agree really? with you because who do they cut to in that ad after they do the whole like product announcement? You know, hello, this is they, life. They life cut call. to the. They cut to the woman. They cut but to an old woman. It doesn't mean that that's that she's the focus. They they cut to a person. Actually, the first thing they cut to is just somebody using it. It's it's around her neck, and she's pushing a button, and then you see the guy uh, at the other end of the phone call. Um, I see. And now we see the old lady out in her garden and she's enjoying her life. But still, though, as the child of an elderly person, you're going to want to see, okay, good. This is because what was I going to try to say before? I'm trying to figure out my words. It's almost like driving, right? We're all going to get to an age where we shouldn't drive anymore, but we got to give that up. And that's kind of symbolic for everything that's happening to you at that stage in your life. And if it's up to you, you're not going to give it up. That's why we have a bunch of people who shouldn't be. I'm not trying to be ageist here, but that's why we have a bunch of people who shouldn't be driving, people who can barely see over the steering wheel. They're still driving because if it's up to them, they're just going to keep going. They don't they don't see it the way we see it. And I think that this ad is supposed to scare the shit out of the adult children of old people and say, Mom, I, you won't go to a home, but you're at least going to wear this thing so that I can rest fine at night i'm i'm sure that's true but i don't i don't think that it's to the exclusion of frightening also frightening the potential victims of a fall yeah i guess so i mean you don't want to picture yourself at the bottom of the bottom of the stairs i think though until it happens to you it's the type of thing that you just don't think is going to happen to you yeah well anyway it was too scary it is it's a pretty dark commercial i actually kind of like it I'm kind of surprised. I mean, yes, it's very dark. I'm not surprised to hear about the backlash, but I, I also think it's kind of like, wow, if I saw that, like, it's kind of effective. Um, all right. And then this is also from listener Jill. And she writes, um, my parents had this album when I was a kid. And at the end of the first side of the LP, before you flipped the record, was this track. Um, and she sent it to us as a little um, anniversary present. So this is from the Carpenters. An anniversary present for us because this is our one year? Yes. How, did we mention that already? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that we had already so mentioned it. So thank you, it. Jill. Huh. So it was, turns out that the one year anniversary present for a podcast is a link to a Carpenters song. Isn't that great? 
right? So that's just like a 20 second little song that they, it's called an it intermission. It's like a little intermission. They yeah. just threw it into an album somewhere. I know. I'm delighted by it. So it's the end of the first side. Oh, so that's like the thing that you do when you flip it. Like I had a cassette tape of a Tom Petty, uh, a Tom Petty album. And at the end of one, I think he did this on a couple of his tapes. He's like, Dear cassette listener, we have now reached the end of side one. Please flip the cassette over to hear the rest of the program. And he'd always, and then there'd be a bunch of like crazy background noises and sound effects and stuff. Um, and there's another one where he's like, Dear CD listener, this is where the people listening on a tape need to pause to flip it over. So let's give them a moment. I don't know. I started off doing a Tom Petty imitation. I ended up doing a dying. I don't, I don't know what that yeah. was. I don't know I where he doing. landed. Anyway, I love I love the little uh, things people used to do, like playing around with the format yeah. of the medium a little bit more. Um, that's tons of fun. That could be our uh, that could be our new theme song. <laughs> All right, uh, shall we get out of here? Let's do it. Let's get out of here. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. You 46 can sell minutes today, Veeves. I feel like I've been shouting, talking too fast, and going on and on and on for hours. Yet it's only 46 minutes. Well, we'll give the people a break. <laughs> That's right, you long-suffering listeners. Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us today. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing a Cheese and G's episode. That's kind of like Cheers and Jeers, only less likely to get us sued by TV Guide. We'll be talking about the commercials that we love and the commercials that we hate. Uh, looking forward to bringing you that. You can weigh in on the Facebook page. Speaking of Facebook, don't forget we have our new Facebook group that you should join. It's tons of fun. People are posting all kinds of crazy stuff and having great conversations about it. Just go to Facebook, look for After These Messages, and join the one that doesn't say we've moved at the top. If it says we've moved at the top, it means it's our old page. That's right. And you can email us at After These Messages Show at Gmail. Uh, I definitely want to hear from you. If you've got a, if, uh, something that needs adjudicating, just put commercial court in the subject line and give us a call at 607-444-5597. Oh, dip. It's Heems once again back again with the caravan of Manchester, Pakistan.